0: Heal the
1: sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Call now with your question 224-585-WSFI. That's 224-585-9734.
2: Hello WSFI listeners out there. Welcome. We are so excited about today. We have a wonderful priest with us, Father Cliff Ermatinger. Um, He's from Milwaukee and he is a native of Chicago. He has been a priest for 20 years and works for the Archdiocese of Milwaukee as a spiritual consultant. Uh, Father um, has published seven books, and will soon publish a book on grace, which we hope we're going to hear about. I'm your uh, host. I'm your moderator, Joan McHugh, and um, without further ado, I'd like to introduce Father Cliff to you. Father, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Joan. Thanks for having me, and God bless you and all thank of your you. listeners.
2: Thank you, thank you.
0: So, when we were discussing this program, we were, you know, you asked me to think about something that might be helpful for people's spiritual life, above all in the area of, of healing, and there's something that is not, maybe it doesn't apply to everybody, certainly not everybody at the same time, but I think most of us have some experience with a need for um, overcoming the attacks of the evil one that are above all interior. In other words, it's often uh, the case that a, a priest will hear people confess sins over and over, and or people talk about problems, and they talk about problems, and they talk about problems that they that they that they think they have. And the reality is that we all have certain, we have our own history, we've got our own personal sins. But the devil isn't going to use just those things. He wants to use, above all, his own problems, and he heaps them on us. Misery loves company. And one of the demon's goals is to frustrate us on our path to holiness, on our path to union with God. And one of the ways he does that is by entering into an abusive relationship with us. If you think of, for example, a, a case of domestic abuse, where a woman or a girl, you know, wife or a girlfriend is in this um, relationship with a person who is abusive and what does he do he starts making accusations against her about her her body about her personality about the state of a house about all sorts of things and why does he do that because through this abusive relationship he gains a certain domination over over that over that woman and this is what the devil wants to do with us he wants to accuse us of things that are not necessarily our own real problems. And as a priest I, I I see this a lot. People who have are suffering under a spirit of self-accusation and that the things that the people say don't really have a foundation in their own and so, what, what, is, what is happening? They're appropriating the devil's problems, and the solution then is to disappropriate that. So, directly combating the issue is not going to help. For example, um, therapists and social um, social workers will tell a woman who's in, a, in an abusive relationship, "Don't address the abuse; address the abuser." If he's saying you're fat. Your cooking stinks. Um, you're not a good mother. If she deals with those accusations directly, she's already lost the fight because most likely they're not true. So the devil does the same thing with us. He wants to. He wants to enter into an abusive relationship with us, and he makes up all sorts of things for us to believe about ourselves. Sometimes there's a, there's a foundation in it that's that's objective but he'll exaggerate it or think of somebody who's already um who's already confessed sins and then continues to accuse himself of these of these sins the devil's winning right there and so the devil gains a certain glory in hell by making people like himself in other words when we start to appropriate His problems he gains um, perks down there and so what do we do well we don't address the abuse we address the abuser this is your problem it's not mine otherwise if we're addressing the abuse we're making it an acceptable topic for discussion and we're dealing with a non-entity and it's a huge waste of time it's exhausting and people's path to union with God, their, their their ability to grow in prayer and in trust in our Lord is really diminished. So we we have to also change our attitude going from um, a relationship of victim-victimizer to combatant. It means we, we enter into spiritual combat with the enemy. And spiritual combat is only effective if we first have a living, thriving relationship with our Lord. We've been forgiven in confession. We spend time with him in prayer. We're trying to live a virtuous life. Those are the three ordinary means of salvation and by degree, sanctification of holiness. Prayer, sacramental grace, and virtue. If we have those things, we've got heaven. And if we have those things, then our spiritual combat is most likely going to be very effective. If we don't have those things, well, we have to just take the steps, the necessary steps to live that life, the life of grace, the life of prayer, the life of virtue. And so when we have those elements in order in our lives, and I would imagine a lot of your listeners, they take their... their, their prayer life seriously, they go to confession, they go to Mass on Sundays, they're trying to live good lives. Well, perfect. They're on their way to heaven. And the devil wants to frustrate that. So Mm. hence the self-accusation. When we tell the devil, listen, this is your problem, it's not mine, he starts to lose his edge. He's got no defense against this. Because when the devil was condemned... His entire self was revealed to him by God the Father in all of his sinfulness God is truth and he reveals ourselves to ourselves and so for the devil we haven't gone through this we read in like today we celebrate St. Faustina right she had she had that experience she experienced a certain judgment of God and she had her entire self revealed to, to, to her and but most of us have not gone through that yet right? All of the demons in hell have. And so they cannot deny <laughs> your own accusation. No, this is your problem. And in shame, they often run away. He's got no defense against this. And there is also something we can do to not only, um, arrest his act activity in that moment by saying, this is your problem, not mine. Um, there's also an interior spiritual exercise that we can do that's very helpful. And we, we first of all we take responsibility for our own defects. We go to confession. We lay everything out there before our Lord in the sacrament, and we take into stock what our defects are—moral, emotional, psychological—all of these things outside of confession. And we just take stock of what's really mine, because often the accusation of the evil one is very general. It's not necessarily just one thing in particular. He likes he likes half truths and generalities, because that gets us all um, wound up, and we can't really put our finger on exactly what that accusation is, um, what what the object is. And so he often deals with generalities. We have to deal with particulars. In other words, we have to deal with individual things. And so once I make my list of these things that I think are, are, are wrong with me, and why I think that often what we find is that a lot, of these, a lot of the things that we used to think were wrong with us are actually not even real. And then in a spirit of prayer, we ask our Lord... To help us with detachment. Detachment means that I'm not attached to it, I don't want this thing. Lord, help me to overcome this. Help me to be rid of whatever is not and doesn't lead me to you. And in our meditation, we just imagine Christ taking this package, this rock, this whatever this thing is that's been foisted upon us, and putting it back on Satan. And then we get to work in the order of detachment from whatever our disordered attachments may be—those things that kind of bog us down, those things that we give too much importance to. But that's imp- this is an important part: having real detachment. In other words, trying to order our interiors. Because if we, if if we still have these disordered attachments, the evil one will know it, and he's going to exploit it. Thomas Aquinas. Thomas Aquinas um said that when we perform an action in congruity with our disposition in other words when we have a certain emotive state and we do an action that reflects that that we get pleasure you think of a person who's um you know in the morning you may not want to hear really loud music you want to hear soothing music so that's that's what i mean well it's going to be the same thing with, um, with this detachment. We have to really order our hearts so that the things that we want are going to be seconded by God's grace and our openness to his grace. In other words, we're, we're really trying to clear out whatever clutter may be there so that he can bless it. On the other hand, sometimes depressed people will hold on to depressing depressing thoughts. Why? Because they they derive a certain veiled, hidden pleasure in doing that. And so this is where we we have to ask our Lord for detachment from these things. Um, I know our time is really limited, and uh, maybe some callers will have... Questions about some of these things that we've discussed. Um, so I, I, I laid those things, those those simple principles out in a few words. I hope, hoping that uh, that is helpful for somebody.
2: We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Father, thank you. That was a stunning presentation. We'll have more to talk about in about two minutes.
0: My name is Rich Wenzel, and I'm the director of the Institute of Christopher Leaders. In today's busy world, I think Catholic Radio is the best thing for us all. It allows us to hear what else is going on in our larger Catholic community. Whenever possible, I turn on the radio and be able to connect to other leaders around that I'm liking to
1: hear what their viewpoint is and what they're doing. So my encouragement is Catholic Radio.
2: welcome back we're talking to father cliff or um, who's giving a, a very inspiring presentation on fighting the devil on our own terms father would you uh, a, a volunteer a wonderful friend of ours who works uh, volunteers at wsfi just came in and was listening her name is ann oakley and she has a question for you would that would that interrupt sure. your flow now or, now or is that all right okay that was perfect okay annie
1: okay kind of uh, falls in line with what you were talking about and it was recently that uh, I found myself questioning myself and, <clears throat> and even the lives of uh, several of my children um, and it was over uh, the fact that they were not invited to this person's wedding but other uh, cousins had been invited all the other cousins but they were not so I started agonizing over this, trying to figure out you know how this you know happened and what their reasoning was. Well, I didn't want to make a bigger uh, concern over it with the people that were involved in the invitation right. of it. So I kind of kept it to myself, and I did ask uh, other relatives that might have known the answer, but they didn't. And I never did pursue it, but I finally got to the point <laughs> where I remembered Jesus' uh, uh, message of be not afraid and also realizing that whatever was going on was not something I created. Right. And I just kind of it, resolved itself for me.
0: Also... Um, you know, we, we also have to see things that go against our, our, our nature, things that can ruffle our sensitivities, things that can be also heavy trials. You have to see that in, in light of God's providence. If God wills something, blessed be God. He, maybe he didn't will that, but he permitted it. Right. And so it's his permissive will, and that means it's there to serve a greater purpose, And so, our task then is to see these things as opportunities. Opportunities to unite ourselves with Christ. Christ who hasn't been invited into the lives of so many people. Christ who's knocking at the doors of so many hearts. And nonetheless, people are are deaf to his knocks. And so, all of something like that is is, I think, also gold. Yeah. It's a golden opportunity right, to Well, I saw it unite as a yourself challenge. with Christ
1: Yeah, I saw it as a challenge for myself not to get upset over it and not to use it as something to cause division within the family, or make a big difference. Yeah. That's deal. yeah.
2: Um, Father, yeah. something yeah. you said was really, really important in my life uh, and experience, Don't address the abuse, address the abuser. And yep. so I'm not that's so important. You, you know it happens all the time that people will try to kind of put blame on you or you or we feel blame for something that's happened that's really not our fault but the people exactly. the people want you to take the responsibility. So how do you dress the abuser in this case, Father?
0: In in which case?
2: In if if people are trying to put the blame on you for something that happened.
0: That- I mean, we just—I think we can say, as far as I know, that's—it's uh, not of my doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: If
0: you want to accuse me or, or blame me, that's that's your choice. But it doesn't really correspond to reality. So. You know, this is more a construct in your own mind. If you want to have that, you can. I'm not going to take it upon myself or make it a problem for me because it's not my problem. That's great.
2: It does, I like the fact you said it doesn't correspond to reality. Right. So that diffuses so, the problem. It should, right?
0: As Catholics, we are realists, right? We live in the real world. We right. deal with facts. Right. <laughs> not, and we shouldn't be guided by feelings, Right. How many decisions made just by, based on feelings uh, are regretted later?
2: Yes, yes.
0: Right? We're, we're a fact-based religion, you know, and you think of uh, the miraculous catch. You know, John tells us how many there were, 153, and then big ones. Right. <laughs> Those are facts. Right. Okay? <laughs> he didn't yes. say they were whales. He didn't say it was an infinite amount to make a point. He was just telling us a fact.
2: And so I also like the fact you what you said, he has no defense when you say it's, it's your problem, not mine.
0: Yes, that's... that's you know, they've, they've gone through that sentencing. And they've had their entire being revealed to them by him who is truth. Mm-hmm. We can't... You know, the, the old uh, catechism would say, God... Cannot deceive or be deceived, and in the face of truth, we're revealed to ourselves. He reveals us to us. John Paul II said that Christ reveals man to man. Think of when when Simon was in the boat with 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 Peter, uh, when Simon was in the boat with Jesus, and when he realizes who Christ is, he says, "Leave me, I'm a sinful man." That was a that was a that was a response of feelings, right? Yes. He felt unworthy. Because he was all of a sudden realizing who was in the boat with him.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And nonetheless, our Lord didn't heed that prayer, mm-hmm. right? He, he says, get out of yourself. Look, look around you. There's a whole world that needs saving. Yes. Yes. So it's not just about you. Mm-hmm. I'll make you a fisher of men. And so this is what the devil wants to do. He wants us to get stuck in ourselves dealing with non-issues. Yes.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The real issues, we have to deal with those. And we deal with those in our confession, in our prayer. In our, with our will and grace, right? Our willpower and, and cooperation grace. Mm-hmm. But the non-issues, we have to call those out, right? Exactly. That's your problem, not mine. So
2: he's trying to get us off the track.
0: Exactly. Distract us mm-hmm. so that we, you know, John, John of the Cross says that the devil is more afraid of a holy person's prayer, mm-hmm. and he will give more effort in distracting a contemplative in prayer, then he will expend, in other words, in terms of energy, he, then the energy ex, ex, expended in trying to get a committed sinner to commit horrible sins. Really? Because mm-hmm. he fears the prayer of God's faithful ones. Wow.
2: That's powerful. It's
0: such a threat to him.
2: That's so powerful. That's inspiring.
0: <laughs> so, and that's, and that's why we have to take distractions in prayer. For what they are
2: mm-hmm.
0: somebody's nervous somebody's nervous and therefore we just ignore it and we continue with doing what we're doing
2: i think keeping pro- our eyes on christ problem is is that most of us who've got grown up catholic and catholic schools we have this catholic guilt you know it's my fault it's you know and we apologize for stuff that um is probably not our fault
0: well we have that's what each one has to discern mm-hmm. you know i'm responsible for my own choices Mm-hmm. Those I take I take responsibility for and I lay that before divine mercy. Mm-hmm. The other stuff that's if it's not if I didn't do it I don't have to ask I don't have to ask pardon.
2: Mhm. Mhm. Often it's just to keep the friendship or to you know, to not offend my kids. I, I'll take the blame rather than offend my kids.
0: Right, that's yeah, that can always be like enabling a dysfunctional yes. relationship yes. in a in a small way.
2: Yes, yes, yes. All right. oh, Father, how did you, did you study all this? How do, how do you come to all this?
0: <laughs> well, um, I don't have any original thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I, read, I read Thomas Aquinas <laughs> a lot. Uh-huh. I read the Church Fathers a lot. I consult with more educated and mm-hmm. experienced priests mm-hmm. um, than me, and um, I constantly learn. There's a uh, Father Chad Wibberger He's also my spiritual director. He is, hes the one who's kind of pointed me in this direction because of our common work that we, mm. you know, in dealing with people that are suffering at uh, the hands of the evil one. Mm. And uh, he's somebody who's been uh, really a real gift.
2: That's beautiful, in my life. Father. God provides, doesn't He? For
0: yeah, for definitely his,
2: his special ones. Um, and I know you have a book on grace. You want to say a few words about that, Father? We have about a minute sure. before we want to pray for okay. people.
0: It's called If You Knew the Gift of God, the Classical Church Teaching on Grace, What It Is, What It Does, and How to Cooperate with It. Oh, wonderful. So that's a, that's a, a book that will be out in a couple of months. I just handed it to the Archbishop, and he gave it back with a couple of things that he wants me to tweak. And so mm-hmm. I just got to look for some free time to, <laughs> to work on that.
2: So, and, Father, uh, we hopefully, can... that
0: book will be out in a couple Where will of months. we find it? On Amazon.
2: Oh, okay. Wonderful. There. Wonderful. Well, now, Father, um, we have some prayer requests. Could I mention Thanks. them, and then we, you could b- probably pray for all of them? It's too well, much course, to pray individually over all these requests. But we have an email from um, Kelly who would like, uh, please please pray that I keep my job and that everything turns out well now for my brother and herself. And then we have other prayer requests, Father. We have uh, Heidi, who needs a healing of body and soul, and especially her gallbladder. And then Mm -hmm. we have Meg Bonham, who works for WSFI. Two of her children have serious problems, health problems. Cole, her young son, has a concussion, and she was back in the hospital with him today. And her daughter, Sarah, has seemingly a broken foot. And then my own brother has pancreatic cancer. He's 87 and he's played golf every day of his life. So it's kind of a blow to him. So these are some of the requests, Father. Could you pray for those intentions?
0: Of course, of course. Merciful Father, you know these, your children better than anyone else. We ask you to look upon them with your paternal loving eyes to deliver them from suffering to bring them healing and above all to allow these occasions of suffering to bring them into ever increasing union with Christ crucified your son who is our salvation we ask you to bring them the healing they need and ask for we also ask you father above all for graces of conversion where needed so that they recognize your hand And reach out to take your hand with trust, the trust that you need in order to bring about beautiful things. We ask this in the name of your Son and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That was
2: beautiful, Father. And in the minute that we have left, could you give a blessing? Could you first, before you give a blessing, say the name of your book one more time?
0: Sure. The one that's coming out or the one I just published? The
2: one that's coming
0: out. Yeah, the one that will be out in a little while. Um, If you knew... The Gift of God.
2: Oh, I love that.
0: Classical, the classical church teaching on grace. Of course. What it is, what it does, and how to cooperate
2: with it. If you knew the gift of God. I just wrote that down. I want to get it. Father, could could you now, in 30 seconds, give a blessing to all our listeners?
0: Sure. Of course. May the blessing of our Lord God Almighty descend upon you and remain with you forever. To the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Saint Michael the Archangel, Saint Faustina, and all the angels and saints in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Father. It was wonderful being with you. We hope you'll come back. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you.